Aloha, Kerry Hiroiki Tagawa. You're listening to Bad Boys Podcast. Yo, so Mortal Kombat. Wait, so who was that? Shang Tsung himself. Oh shit! Check it out. Yeah, a little spoiler alert to my weekend, but uh, nice. Was was uh able to snag that one. A little nice sounder there from Shang Tsung. Nice. Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Dude, he's been around forever. Yeah, he his IMDb, if you look. Yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars, and James Bond. I'm saying, like, that guy's been around for sure. Yeah. But most fans, like myself, would know him as Shang Tsung from Mortal yeah. Kombat. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Or, uh, not Big Trouble. Showdown in Little Tokyo. He's a... He was in that show that me and Chris started watching, The Man in the High Castle. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, there you go. But yeah, so shout out to Mr. Takawa there for hooking that up. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you are tuned in, as as Mr. Takawa said, the Bad Boys podcast, where we're about to randomly rant on all things movies. Episode 441, Championship Week, Championship Episode. Crown a new champion. And uh yeah, I am your host Fonzo, aka Mike Lowry. Joining me as always. Harley, aka Marcus Burnett. And I'm Tony, aka MZP. What is going on, fellas? <sighs> Super Bowl Sunday, right? Holiday. Who gives a shit? Thank you very I, much. I enjoy hanging out with friends and eating some food and, and all that good stuff, but fuck that game and fuck the results. That's all I'm saying about that game. Moving the mm. fuck on. Probably <laughs> didn't even watch I, it, so there's no need talking about it. I, I'll, I'll, watch it so. I will admit, I ended up watching the first half. Oh, you son um, of a bitch. Yeah, Chris and I got invited to some uh, friends' houses, friends' house, and because obviously Super Bowl, and uh, I could not turn down the free food. Word and up. so we went to the gym, we hustled at the gym. And oh, then yeah. uh, instead of doing our sauna hot tub thing, we yeah. we went and picked out at, at our friend's house. <laughs> so uh, we did watch the football. I um, nice little spread there. Food. I anal- Yeah, it was awesome. All the goodies. Uh, I analogized my whoa my say that again. Damn. I analogized Tony. Can I get you, you, you want to share that it? something something so private and personal? <laughs> I know. Seriously, <laughs> I think that's a word, yo. I know, analogy is, but if I analogize something. I think that's I'm pretty Tony. Uh look that up while I'm talking about it. All can right. we yeah, can we get a, a clarification on that? Yeah, can we get Some a man Harley's making up words again just I think, to get a, I think, get a I new think podcast that's a, title. I, I think that's a real honky word. Let's see if if you've got the pronunciation right. Analogize. Thank you. Thank you, honky girl. Wow. <laughs> 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 so anyway, I analogized my fall from football. From, it doesn't from, sound from, right. From professional Is that football. a real word? Yeah, uh, to make a comparison of, of something with something else to assist in understanding. Analogize. But she says it analogize you. as a analogize. Pick. Analogize. Yeah, Play her again. Analogize. Yeah, she does say it differently. Well, it's an analogy, so analogize is how I would pronounce it. So are you an analogize? It, it is a it is wrong. a robot that is making the noise. So all right, let's I see mean, how she says analogy. This is gonna analogy. Oh, she says it just so analogize, analogize is different than analogize. So 
Well, Harley, I analogize. <laughs> nice. I mean, apologize. Go ahead. So, so anyways, I, I had this epiphany, and that's a real word, too. You can look at that. Fucking up. guy. What do you have a fucking thesaurus in front of you? <laughs> fucking no. naked, college head motherfucker over here. <laughs> live coconut grove. Your mommy live in coconut grove. So, anyways, my fall from professional football is is parallel to a Mormon falling from church where their whole life they were raised and they were devout and they were brainwashed by this cult. And now that they're over it and they're out of it, they look back and they go, what the fuck was I thinking? You start to see all the problems you see, you recognize the ridiculousness that I was trying to explain to Chris, like fantasy football and the draft and all the in preseason, all the shit we used to obsess about when we had a team at stake and we followed it. You know, Sunday was was church, and Monday we would talk about it, and Tuesday we'd start talking about the next game. There's only 16 games. Is it a home game? Is it a, is a you know what's the wild card? You know, is he going to throw another goddamn pick? Fuck the draft, this, blah, 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 the the cap. I mean, people, I mean, there's a whole fucking channel devoted to it, right? The NFL is a religion in America. And being that now it's been a couple years, I, I, we watch, and of course the fucking, the football game was boring as snot, right? I mean, it was just fucking <laughs> ridiculous. It was three to zero at halftime or zero to zero, whatever the fuck it was. We left shortly after halftime. Um, and I, I'm just so happy that I don't watch football anymore. It's, it's, it's a cult. It's, um, um, it's a huge waste of time, you know, four hours plus in a game for 30 minutes of actual action. And we spend tens of thousands of dollars in our lifetime on tickets. And sounds like my week watching homeworks and uh, extra credits. Well, if you don't like watching t- movies and TV, well then four yeah. hours, two weeks. <laughs> so, um, good riddance to professional football. Uh, if I had a college team, I would root for it. I love watching football. I I had moments where I was like football, or he's picked it, or uh, you know, there's no touchdowns, of course. But I love the athleticism. I love the sport. I can't stand watching the NFL. It is, it hurts my heart to see what professional sports has turned into in America. Um, we reward the cheaters with 10 Super Bowls over and over and over again. Um, although I think, Fonzo, I think he said it right. The game sucked. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good thing. Tony, you can cut all that out, right, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, I, was only, I was only asking you to make sure you were still awake. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I honestly don't care about it. Right. You didn't watch it at all. Yeah, you're care. not a football fan, so I don't you, even care to you talk never about have it. Been, right? yeah. yeah. You didn't care about commercials, you didn't care about trailers or nothing, right? Nothing. I care yeah. about I heard that there was SpongeBob. I'm like, oh what? Now I'm interested. What happened? Was you there at the halftime? I don't that's sort of I keep seeing things, something about SpongeBob at the Super Bowl or halftime, yeah. Huh. I don't know. That's the closest I got to being interested. Yeah, I saw things on Twitter, but I didn't see anything come out of it, so. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's really weird. Huh. All right, well, we'll ride along. Yeah, this week we'll be talking about Harley's homework that he chose Green Book, which is a 2018, which I'm sure is nominated for a bunch of Oscars. And then MCP chose the extra credit Waterworld from 1995, which I believe it was kind of semi Laney's pick. And you chose it? Yep. Right? Cool. So no extras this week. We're going to go, uh, we'll probably dive right into it. But before we do that, on uh, January 30th, um, we lost uh, an actor by the name of Dick Miller. Mm-hmm. Lived a long life. He yeah, they got run. He did. He nine. Uh, he lived to be ninety years old. From Toluca Lake. Um, I mean, he died in Toluca Lake. I'm sorry. He's from the Bronx, New York. He was born on December twenty fifth, nineteen twenty eight. Um, there's a documentary about him called "That Guy Dick Miller" because you don't know. Nobody um, knows his name, but everybody recognizes right. his face. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why the documentary was kind of. What about that huge IMDb list? If you go, like, what's really cool is when you know when you go to IMDb and this is known for like the top four movies, are, like some of your favorites. That's always a good sign, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go to his, known for the first four, the pop up is the Terminator, Gremlins, the Burbs, and the Howley. So, mm. and that's you know pretty good. He's in Demon Knight as well. He had just completed a movie called Hanukkah. Has completed. He played Rabbi Walter Paisley. And um, he's been in a lot of and funny enough in the movie called Bury the X. He plays crusty old cop. <laughs> um, so yeah, he his IMDb credit is is, is phenomenal. Um, but I you know I remember from Gremlins and even this the, the little scene, that one little quick scene in the first Terminator where he's a pawn shop clerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was buying all you can't stuff. do that. Yeah, let's do. I just saw it. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. So, um, but what's crazy is just like a couple weeks ago, I saw, I just saw him, you know, in the store in Burbank in Dark Alley. Yeah. We were celebrating his 90th birthday. Me and my friend Scott bought him a little bottle of uh, wine, and uh, he was surprised. We were like, "Hey, it's your birthday, right? I want to bring you a gift." And all throughout the week, I've been getting cool uh, messages from people watching that video, maybe typing in his name on YouTube. It's one of the ones that pop up. So people were um, writing, you know, rest in peace and, and, and their thoughts, which I thought was really sweet and neat. So that was really cool. Um, and, and yeah, just, you know, nice guy. He had been at uh, one of the Monster Paloozas um, prior to this. And, um, you know, just, you know, I mean, I need old. I mean, you know, he, but he still seemed with it. I mean, when, at, when we saw him at the store, he was like, um, we had some, there was a balloons and stuff and some snacks for everyone. And he was playing around with the hidden balloon, like, you know, put on this shirt like he was flying away just like joking you know and just seemed like he was still with it it was like he couldn't hear you or see you you know he's still joking with like the, the person in front of me um i got my gremlins album signed because i think a lot of people remember him from gremlins as, he's uh, yeah as, of course yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so um um so yeah but like i said 90 years old that's a great run um you know and uh just you know i i, I just feel weird because i remember art mentioned he goes hey did you just see him and i'm like damn man i just did that's crazy about that video so um just wanted to mention you know um dick miller uh, you guys ever seen demon knight you guys remember him in demon knight yeah we watched that a couple years ago on the podcast yeah. i remember mm-hmm. so like i say he just pops up all the time you know so i'm very curious to check out hey that can you keep it down it's a professional podcast going on he clicked that so he can play oh, that yeah. later. Absolutely. I like that. I like yeah. that. Keeping it real. Yeah. This probably go wrong, but you know. <laughs> yeah. 
So another one, I don't know if this is true or not because I'm on her IMDb page and it doesn't say that she died. But I've been seeing it all throughout Twitter and, and Instagram. So I'm not sure. Who is this? If Julie Adams, who was um, who was in The Creature from the Black Lagoon, played Kay Lawrence. If you see all the promotional pictures and the posters, it's the woman in the white bathing suit that the creature is like fond of and is following her around in the, in the lagoon. Um, but I don't see. Wikipedia has her alive. It does too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. see. Oh no, Adam passed away on February 3rd. So like today. <laughs> yeah. So it does have that time to be just now must be updated then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's likely that she, you know. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to meet her in Monster Palooza in 2015 and uh she was there and She we, too had a good run. Yeah, absolutely. She was born October 17, 1926 from Waterloo, Iowa, USA. And um yeah, she was a super sweetheart, and I, and I was like, man, this is t- like legendary, like royalty, like universal horror movies, like royalty. yeah, for sure. So it's like any horror buffs, it's like it's like a must on your list. You know, you want to get somebody from that era because I mean, not, to be honest, a lot of you know aren't, aren't aren't around that much. You know, that movie came out in 1954, and what's and what's so bizarre? Dude, I don't know. I don't know if you guys will believe me, but I just was randomly, I had just finished Waterworld, and I'm like, I, mean, I want to watch something else, and I'm like. I watch a universal horror movie and I was going to watch Wolfman, but then I, for some reason I just clicked on a creature from black lagoon. So it is so bizarre that I was watching it today. And then to hear this news later today, it, it's blown my mind. Cause I just love that scene. And, and this is 1954 and the suit they have is phenomenal looking the way that gills move and everything and swimming around. Maybe that's why it reminded me after watching water, well, you know, the web feed and the gills or whatever. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's kind of reminded me of it. And, uh, like the shots of underwater. So, and just thinking of how they did this in 1954. And I remember Rico Brown and the guy that played him in the suit um, was also there that year. And I didn't, for some reason, I didn't, I didn't get his signature. I think I was kind of waiting. I was like, I was like wanting to get some like priority ones first. So I'm super glad I got her and I got to meet her. She was such a sweetheart. I'm like, this is so cool, man. Like anyone that sees Creature like they can't not see uh, or think of her in that white bathing suit, you know? And her performance because I thought she was she was she was really good in it. So the action figure that I have, act funny enough, it's got the creature and her her character her likeness in that white bathing suit. It's pretty classic. The picture I got of her signing is the creature like after her, and um, and uh, her line like kind of like you know being scared or whatever. But the creature design is so cool and so unique. It's different from all the other ones. You know what I mean? And it's and you don't know where it's from. I don't know, like the other ones are more like they're more human based. I guess you know. Like where the wolfman is a human, turns into the wolfman. Frankenstein's from parts from other creatures, you know. Dracula is, you know, human again. And so the creature just stands out, you know what I mean, more than all of them. So um, it's it's one of um, one of my favorites from the Universal Horror movie lineup. So, um, But yeah, so I, like I said, it's not on DB, but you saw it on Wiki. So I, I was just, nice, I was just, you know, pretty, ex- I'm, I'm just like, glad I got to meet her, you know, and just say hi and, and, um, yeah, just another one, man. It's, it's crazy, you know. I said it happened in threes, but two of it in, in the genre. I, I don't know. It's just um, it's a bummer, you know. But yeah, um, it always makes you feel better when they make it the ninety. Yeah, when yeah, exactly. They get a good run like that. I mean, I'm not saying it's you know, but no, you know, no, we're course. celebrating their life for sure at that point. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So, no, yeah. yeah. Well put. Thank you. So, but yeah, but not to bring such of a downer of the episode um i think 
Yeah, if we don't have no extra, we can just go right into it, right? Or you, unless Tony wants to play PG. Oh, yes. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tony. <laughs> All right. I mean, you got to try. you got to give it some effort. I think that's uh, my, my – yeah, the way, what, what I enjoy most of the game is I want Tony to win. I want him to get one. <laughs> That's my that's that's it, what I get out of man. My, you can get one. My brain is not yeah. wired for this shit, man. It just does oh, not work this way. That. Rewire that shit, man. No, step into the matrix. Yes, dude. yes. That's a good use of my resources. Dude, you'll feel so good all week long. You'll be fucking walking with like a step <laughs> in your step, knowing you won. You'll be like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what's missing in my life. Right? Yeah. You walk. You know, you're walking. You're walking right now, but imagine walking with a little swag, a little swagger in it. True. That's what. So, eh? so that's what we're here. We're, we're trying to help. I'd get all the bitches. Uh, all my man, bitches. click. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think he feels weird clicking himself, but that one's click worthy. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, let's see. So, CP, we're gonna we're gonna let you go first. Sure. We got sex and nudity, yes. violence and gore. Let's start with sex. My man. There we go. A woman is seen from behind. You know, we're going to do this. We're, I'm going to do the, the first three. And I'm not going to let Harley answer because it's too easy. For some reason, <laughs> Harley gets, gets it because he's wired that way, I guess. But I'm going to give all these three to MCP first. And if he doesn't get it, when we move to the next category, then it's free range. All right. All right. All right. All right. Got a handicap. Let's do it. Okay. A woman is seen from behind taking a shower fully nude. Only buttocks are visible. And also down. The breast and nipple of a dead woman are visible for approximately two to three seconds. <laughs> Shelly is shown undressed in the bed, but Eric's hands covering everything and nothing is visible. Shelly and Eric? Yeah, hmm. so I even gave out names right there, bro. So think about that for a little bit, MCP. I'll give you a couple of seconds. And I'm going to go with uh, Harley here with profanity, violence, and gore, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Frightening and intense scenes. Uh, I'm sorry, are you waiting for me to say something? Yeah. <laughs> Violence and gore. Violence and gore. Okay. So everyone can chime in right here. So if you got a guess, shout it out. I'm going to give you another handicap, Tony. If Harley gets it once, <laughs> if Harley gets it once and he's wrong, he's out of the game. He's out of this round. Uh, yeah. So you have to get it. <laughs> There we go. Detective Outbreak is shot twice, but he survives. Eric is dropped out of his apartment window after being attacked. His face is bloody, but that's uh, that's the extent. Eric swings from the metal frame of his window and cuts his hands and, and make them bleed. Is Only this the crow? The yeah. Oh, Eric Raven. Yeah, yeah. They have a little Jesus. confidence, Tony. That was like a question, though. Because I don't know. It's the, I, <laughs> I have no but idea. you did know. You knew that scene. It just right? sounded like it. I was like, right? Yeah. Man, you knew that scene, MCP. Give yourself a round of applause. Yeah, you. I mean, he won that outright. Yeah. I mean. And you know what? You, you know, know what, what it is? You know, wait. Hold on, Harley. Hold on. Yeah. There's one more thing. And that's the and that's the end of the game. We only have one round. So. <laughs> MCP, congratulations. <laughs> you won this week. <laughs> All right. Bring on the bitches. Play some music. Get the coins. I want to recount. Change. Get your money. <laughs> Harley didn't even get to play. <laughs> KO, you got that started right. 
Or is it just a change? Ah, uh, you only got the... Now you might have enough for the bus, huh? Yeah. What were you going to say, Harley? Oh, when you give the name of the the character, yeah. I start obsessing on that and not the oh, what the scene is. It, so it, it actually, it, I think, makes it, it worse you for are. me. It made yeah. it worse, huh? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, see, I thought it made it, make it easier. Well, it should, and, and mm. most times it probably would, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sad I don't remember the ass and nipple scene. What the hell? That, yeah, that's what's... Yeah, see, Tony's more... Upset <laughs> Shame about, see, on he me. Was, he was like on that when Harley's going, Eric and Shelly? Shelly? Tony's like, where the fuck is that book? Well, and, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Shelly's not in the movie very much. Yeah, well, yes, spoiler true. alert. <laughs> see, if you were to ask me, Tony, I can tell you that scene is by Lane taking a shower and you see her ass. When they introduce her, Michael Wincott. Which we have a sounder for in the podcast that he says from that movie. Oh, yeah. Tony, that's true. Remember? Um, so it's her taking a shower, and there's like no curtains. It's just wide open. You see her ass. And and that other scene I was referring to is that dead woman that her and her stepbrother are um, kind of like toying with her. You know? Like they must have like they, – they probably had an orgy or a threesome. And then they killed her, I guess, because then she pulls out that blade. She's about to take her eye out, you know? She's like, I like her eyes. Pretty. And kind of like when he turns her over, you see a big breast and her nipple, and he's like, oh, I think we broke her. Hmm. Oh, we're talking about breasts and nipples, and, and someone's going to chime in over there, Harley. What's up? Yep. Oh, did he's he gone. mute us? Oh, he got in trouble. He's I did. Guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got interrupted. Okay. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Chris just had a question for me. So Okay. You answered it? You good? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, we're good. No. But uh, that that still doesn't ring a bell, Tony. Nope. Okay. I've not seen that movie enough. Probably maybe three times. Gotcha. Yeah, me too. So it's <laughs> funny how I remember. <laughs> well, we got the homework, man. Come on, play some music, Tony. Before we play, what's your last playlist song? Play that shit now. Oh. Nope. All right. You can do it for the extra credit. All right. <laughs> Maybe type in any song that has a song, the word water, and we'll go from there. Well, are we going to do, are we reviewing Green Book or Waterworld? Uh, Green Book. That's what matters. You chose. You want me to talk? Did you choose it? I did. Then I would like that, please. Okay. <laughs> then I would like that, please. Uh, so I picked Green, uh, Green Book. I am. A fan of I'm gonna fuck up his name, Maharshal Marshala. I think it's Marshala. I think. Yeah, let's ask your white honky chick, your robot. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, Tony. Uh, Trying to figure out how to spell his name. Man, a shit. Marshala Ali. I wonder if you click on his name, did they show you how to pronounce it? Like on the Wikipedia. You know, I, I was listening to a podcast that were mentioning his name and I remember them saying it. Mahershala Ali. Whoa, say it again. Slow down, woman. Yeah. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Mahershala. There you go. Maybe yeah, I mean, it's no joke. I mean, it's right. a tough one to pull off. 
Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah. From Oakland, California. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> I didn't even pay attention. So, anyways, so he plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. So he plays uh, Dr. Don Shirley, which was a famous pianist at the time. The movie's roughly based on a true story. And his uh, soon to be friend, uh, Tony Lip, played by Vigo Got Fat Mortensen. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I think he might have. Um, been attracted to the role. Uh, I remember looking. I remember looking at his IMDb long time ago. Going, oh, he's from fucking New York. So, um, Ooh, is Vigo? yeah, you would think with a name like that, the dude's like fucking, you know, whatever, yeah. Romanian or some shit. But no, he's from fucking Manhattan, or at least he was born there. I don't know if he yeah. grew up there. Or you not, know what but... I just thought of? His name is Tony, right? And at one point in the movie, they say Villanueva is his name, where somebody got mispronounced. <laughs> no, it's it's something else. Oh, did they mispronounce it Villanueva? Mm-hmm. Something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's you caught that, Tony. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't exactly Villanueva, but it was villain. It's something. It was, but it was close. No, no, right? his name wasn't that. But at one point, somebody said Villanueva. I didn't hear him say Villanueva. I heard him say Villa something. Uh, yeah, they, that was the joke. Was the constantly right getting his name wrong, fucking up his name. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, um, so again, it's um. It's based on a true story of uh, this African-American pianist, classical, uh, trained classically, um, doing a tour of the South in 1962. Don't quote me on that. Uh, During the Civil Rights Movement. And um, we, Tony... Vigo's character is we're introduced essentially a racist. Certainly believes in stereotypes, um, um, but his his um, the importance of the dollar outweighs his racism, and I I I always find the interest in that that a lot of devout racists um, they're suddenly not so racist when money's at stake, which just goes to show how you know how devout they are when uh, you know their greed outweighs their prejudice. So, um, but anyways, so and then it becomes like a road trip movie where these characters get to know each other. They have uh, a lot of differences. Um, it does hit some of those cliches of you know what we've talked about before. Um, it takes a kind of a different turn the the white man doesn't rescue the black man in this movie if anything uh the doctor rescues tony from a life of racism so to speak and um i liked it it was it wasn't too heavy we've seen a lot of civil rights movies and uh, this kind of stuff that's just heavy you know uh, we get some moments um, we're, we're certainly, we certainly have to deal with some of the, the shit that went down in the, uh, um, in the States during that period of time, the South was especially famous for, for the ugliness of racism and sort of the, the okay of it. Um, and so we, we certainly get introduced to that. The, the thing that I like about the film, and, and this is where I think it was, um, where it takes a turn that most people kind of don't expect, 
is, and the movie addresses it. Uh, Mr. Shirley is, he is very non-stereotype African-American. He's not poor. He's well-spoken. He is educated. He's highly educated. He has essentially done everything he can to not be black, quote unquote. But that creates a conflict in him. And I think that's why he wanted to tour the South was to, to sort of get in touch with his blackness, I guess. I, I, that might sound bad, but oh well. So, um, and um, it worked. I mean, I think the film did a good job in that regards. So. Well, the you, director, you... Peter Fairley, that's the, one of the Fairley brothers? That did I think so, him? yeah. And there's something about Mary. Yeah, well, there's a little, there's a, there's some flash of comedy in it, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the movie had me at Linda Cardellini. When she showed up, I was like, hey. Yeah, she's easy on the eyes, for sure. Hey. Although oh, they kind of, oh. they try to dumb her down. Yeah. But no, I always like when she shows up. She, I'm, it's like, puts a smile on my face. I'm like, hey, all right, you already had a dollar right now. Um, I'm just <laughs> curious why they got, I mean, Vigo's a great actor, don't get me wrong. Um, just curious why they didn't get an actual New Yorker or Italian with the act, you know? Because it, it's kind of, you know, he does the accent you do. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the A and the O, you know, it's like, um, it's very, like, by the number, like, you know. You do sure. the hand motions, you do this, hey, you know, he, he only didn't drop a forget about it, you know. It yeah, like, it placed all the stereotypes no. of, yeah. of he Italian did. American. He, he absolutely said forget about it. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go, see. There was, there was one point where see. where I, I called it. I was like, ah, I said it, and then he did, he said the same thing. That's the only reason I know. Oh, it's, it's, okay. It's Good actually call. in the movie. Yeah, nice catch then, yeah. yeah. So, like I said, I love Vigo. He's a great actor, so don't get me wrong. It was cool to see him like that. But after a while, I was just kind of like, oh, man, he's just playing that. Is it you know? Um, I guess it must be fun to do that, you know. You know, a bunch of New Yorkers, uh, uh, the the other actors that are like him, you know, they're actually they look like Italian Americans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I see him, I'm still like I see him Eastern Promises. I see him as Stride from Lord of the Rings. It's you know, it's kind of hard to, you know. I mean, in, in Carlito's way, his accent was way like better, and I'm that movie. I think you know. You guys remember that scene? He's in the I wheelchair. Don't. Oh, he's in the wheelchair. When, when she was talking to him, oh, watch that scene and you'll see. Mm. It's very convincing. In that this one is kind of like, uh, I just wonder if it was, you know, like an older De Niro, you know, playing it. I don't know. Um, like I said, Vigo, he did good in it. I mean, it's just kind of just a little campy, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but Mahershala Ali, he 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 was great. He's he's just been on fire. Um, he's on True Detective right now, season three. Yeah, that's interesting. And um. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like when Matthew McConaughey was doing True Detective season one, and uh, he was doing a bunch of other movies, and he was just they call it the McConaughey, where he was just he was just on fire, right? Everything he touched was fucking amazing, you know. So I don't know if it's like it's almost like the same with him. Like, yeah, he's in this, he's in True Detective. Everyone knows him, likes him. Like, he's just he just it was just really good his performance as well. And then both of them together, their chemistry really worked. I really like that. So that was always fun to watch. It's um, one of those movies where you feel like the two leads had fun with it. Exactly. They got along. They, yeah. you know, it feels like they weren't, they didn't have to act so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's funny too that the the term like that Reed was looking for from McFarlane USA, he's like, what is it? Like, is that one of like those lifetime movies, one of those feel good mm. movies? You know, mm-hmm. this one is definitely like that. It's definitely got it's a little a very, bit very like fluff piece. Like, it's just very like happy, go lucky, painted by the numbers. You know, just, just, just not a really generic story because it's a little different, but it's nothing. You know, nothing new. I, I feel like the the source material, um was a big break from the traditional you know african-american meets honky uh honky is racist african-american converts racist to non-racist white guy you know what i mean like it (laughs) the, the source material wasn't that because of who this artist was because of his background he is not he didn't grow up on the streets of brooklyn you know what I mean? Ironically, like Viggo Mortensen and or not Viggo Mortensen's, but the character Tony Lip. Um, and so but the direction of the film was very paint by numbers, like you were pointing out. And so there is sort of a conflict there. There's one scene in particular in the movie that oh, I thought. I think I know what you're talking. About. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is so profound. And that's where I think the source material got a minute to shine through. Mm. But like you said, the overall direction of the film, which maybe is the, it's who's just the director. really like an easy, like, yeah, it's like a, you know, one of those um, Oscar baits, right? You're like, Hey, watch exactly. exactly. You're gonna love it. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What about that's you? what exactly what happened. It won a, it won a bunch of awards, didn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Tony. Yes. I agree. You guys, you guys said we everything about this it. this trap. <laughs> I love it. This is great. I don't have to talk. <laughs> Let go first next time. Yeah, no, this is so much better because you guys say it better than I do. Um, yeah, it's it's it yeah, was Marie fun loves your to... sexy voice. Remember? I don't care what they want. Um, <laughs> I like. I did. Enjoy, I I enjoyed their chemistry. That was like the thing. Yeah, you know, that they. they were well it was really cool to see him on screen um the the stuff like like Harley was saying it's almost like a paint by numbers you know racist introduced to a different world blah 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 you know he sees things differently yeah they're both you know helping each other grow that's another paint by numbers you know he's teaching him about fried chicken he's like how the fuck you know he doesn't know about fried chicken you know just you know let it go a little just fucking eat it um and uh but, but there's one um and i don't know if that's the scene you're talking about but he gets out of the car and he's like yeah I'm, you know i sit on top of a castle but i'm alone you know i i don't fit in over here i don't fit in over there I don't fit I, i'm i'm nowhere like there's no one nowhere he says yeah he says i'm not black enough right. i'm not white enough and i'm not man enough and that's another scene that yeah. the film kind of glossed over but it kind of explains some of his weird. He's core. I mean, he's like. I remember watching the movie with Chris, thinking this guy's autistic. I mean, he is. He's got some really eccentric personality things. The whole living by himself and it's, it's, it's the 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 outfits that he was wearing at home was like you know it was like trying to be king of Z- Zamunda or whatever the fucking from from. <laughs> 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 I like that better. <laughs> you know, he's got like the the 
the big chair and shit. Boomba um, forever. <laughs> no, the from um, coming to America. Is what? that where he's from? Yeah, the, it's the King of Zamunda, I think. is. Oh, is, uh, I was thinking Black Panther, yo. No, no, fuck that movie. Um, wow. You know I don't like that movie. Um, coming to you, you keep talking. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Zamunda. Yeah. Zamunda, yeah. So, yeah, I felt like they dressed him up like this sort of cliche king of an African country kind of thing. And I think that's, again, that's him trying to say, I'm black, I'm black, even though he was raised you know, white as white as white could be, you know, they were like, well, I'm going to send you to white schools and I'm going to teach you a white instrument and you're going to play to white people. And you're going to, you're going to try to, and, and that was a thing culturally was, um, especially at the, you know, in the twenties and thirties that became very popular was to, um, you know, uh, black people, a lot of black people would try to straighten their hair and mm-hmm. they would wear, you know, traditionally white clothes and they would date white women as if they could, um, if they weren't, you know, killed from it. Um, and so um, it, it's not a big surprise that he was tries to raise in, in all the sort of, again, cliche, like you pointed out, the, the fried chicken and, you know, a lot of the Motown music that was popular in the day. Um, but that scene that Tony brought up is, that is the scene that for me, I was like, fuck. That's like the heaviest scene in the movie, and it lasts like thirty seconds, and then it's the like you, you were saying a fluff piece. So, right, but you had to buy their connection for that to have an impact. Yes, absolutely. You know, or as, as big of an impact as the movie wanted it, because it, it just by itself, just at the words, you're like, oh yeah. But when you're invested in these characters, it it, it hits a lot a lot harder. So. Well, and that's and and because the and and I think that's where the movie really, or again that source material, the screenplay, really shines, and that's why I think this became a film because it's not based on a book; it's literally based on just the interviews of these two characters, which lived on to be friends for a long time. And that is, Tony Lip is way more "quote unquote" black than than his than don shirley he was raised in new york city he's living on he eats he he listens to the music etc etc because it's not a race thing it's a socioeconomic thing tony lip is poor all the black people in new york are poor in 1962 you know and so that's what it's referencing and a lot of people see color and go well, every black guy is poor. And this movie takes those stereotypes and reminds us that it's just that. And that's why I, I get upset at a lot of movies that pander to that stereotype when this one kind of does the opposite. It flips it on its head. And so I really like that. Um, there's a lot to, like you said, the movie can be kind of... Um, you know, paint by numbers and that can kind of hurt it. Although, you know, maybe like you said, maybe that was uh Farley's attempt at, at uh, Oscar, what did you call it? Oscar bait? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like it is, I feel like it's one of those movies, you know, that comes out late in the year mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, and it worked though, you know, I saw a trailer to a couple months ago. I was like, Oh yeah, that looks cool. But then of course, when it won all those awards, I was like, I got to check that out. You know what I mean? And so that's exactly what, 
they want to happen. Um, you know, it's not like this movie did a hundred million dollars at the box office. Let me look it up. I don't even remember it like getting released. Do you guys remember anything about that? Mm, Twenty eighteen, like yeah, I remember seeing it a trailer for it um, last year. Domestically, it made fifty five million dollars. <laughs> so. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, the Marvel movies make $55 million on the midnight showing, you know. Now, it made money. It was only a $23 million budget. There's nothing visually stunning to see about it. Yeah. Um, although the scenes at the end in the snow, I was like, oh, yeah, that's tough. Driving in the snow back in the 60s with those shitty-ass cars, that would have been no joke. So, um, yeah, I had a good time with it. I And Chris liked it, too. I think it was... Um, you know, it had just enough, um, what's the word I'm looking for bite to, Mm -hmm. to make me feel something. Um, and the performances are good. Um, I, I would say if anything, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't try hard enough to be anything super special. So I would, uh, certainly give it a dollar. All right, there's the first one. I'd buy that for a dollar. I also liked the the commentary on how the racism was so systemic. Like this is just the way it's always been. It's tradition. Why are you questioning it? It's like these assholes don't mm-hmm. don't realize how, the, how 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 wrong it is for them to do that because. That's just the way it's been. Like, what do you mean? You know, it, it, it they cannot see it. And so I thought that scene was was really well done because it's, you know, it, it's not something we think about. Um, they they literally basis. told him, "Don't take it personal." Right, right. Don't take it personal. <laughs> it's just tradition. It's like, jeez, how the fuck? It's like, yeah, it's absolutely. Um, that was another good scene, and I was, you know, we we're we're obviously rooting for the character to. Tell him fuck off, you know what I mean. That I'm not going to perform here, and um, and I and so I, I I liked I liked where and and of course the you know the 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 playoff to that is that they go to the black bar and they perform you know a real upbeat jazz piece so to speak and um, you know it's 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 a feel good movie we we get those moments of racist we get the super racist cop right. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly referencing why is the white guy driving the black guy, you know? And and I loved and I really liked Vito's Vigo's Vito Vigo's performance where he's like, I work for him, he's my boss. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like halfway through the trip, mm-hmm. and he's just sort of like, yeah, I work for the guy. It's not a big deal. And then, you know, the, like I said, again, it's just very formulaic. We know what's going on. Yeah, happen. that's the and that's the that's uh, the fault of it is it doesn't try to be too much. You know, it. I would say I kind of uh, would put it up there like with Moonlight. If you guys I think that was last year's sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minority bait, um, you know, that character, his his. You know, he was gay. And in this one, he's not black enough, so to speak. There's also a hint that he could be, that he's gay in the movie. Now, he never came out in real life, um, the real 
uh, I keep forgetting his name, uh, Don Shirley. But if that happened, that would imply that he was gay. I tell you what, if I was a black man in 1962, I wouldn't be coming out of the closet either. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no so, um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Little pain by numbers. Agreed. Um, you know, could have made, uh, could have made for a big epic, um, period film, but instead they kept it short and sweet and, um, yeah. Yeah. They were Oscar baiting, but it was still enjoyable. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, same. I'd buy that for a dollar. Certified Donaldo. <laughs> now, Harley, this is a what? This is a what? The championship week. This is the championship week. And crowning the champion. We, we're likely, it, it looks like, especially with this one, think this is going to be safe bet um art has a has a strong first place with 27 points um angie is in second place with 21 donaldo is in a very close third place with 20 Mm. and reed needs to double down on some slaters uh with 14 so Cool. All right, here we go. Let's see. Hey, what's up, bad boys? Happy Super Bowl Sunday to you calling in this week with my picks. And just like the Super Bowl winners, who I'm not predicting because I don't want to jinx it, I have a surmountable lead just like the winners. Not going to say who they are, but they're going to be the Rams. But anyways, on to the homework was picked by Harley. He picked the Green Book. Now, I think this is a, a nominated for a few Academy Awards, uh, back about racial tension back in the day, a feel-good movie for Harley. I'm going to say he fucking gave it a dollar. I'm going to say Fonzo gave it a dollar, and I'm going to say CrossFit Jesus fucking <laughs> Mr. MCP also gave it a dollar. I'm going to say Art didn't need to pull an accent this week. With a strong performance like that, that that gives him his four points. So that's going to put him at 31. Cool. Hey, what's going on, fellas? I'm uh, calling in this week's picks for the homework uh, for uh, Green Book. I'm going to say that uh, Holly's going to give it us later. I'm going to double down on that. Tony's mm. gonna give it a slater. Also, double down on that. Mm. Bongo's gonna give it a dollar. Now, uh, for the. Mm. That was one dollar, and did that work? She literally zeroed out because she got the dollar for the accent. She loses the dollar for my slater. She gets the dollar for Fonzo, but then loses it for the double down on the slater. 21 points. Damn. There you go. What's going on, bad boys? Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Boring game, actually. But anyways, I hope you guys all had a good day. Enjoy some good food, good company. So, yeah, here are my picks. Green Book. Um, never seen it, but I've heard excellent reviews on this movie. Um, I think 
Fonzo will give it a dollar. Tony will give it a dollar. And Harley will give it a Slater. All right. Does he get a point for the accent of semi comatose? <laughs> You're the judge, homie. That <laughs> <laughs> puts him in the second too place. Food. Too much thanks. Yeah, yeah, no shit. I feel like Super Bowl's turned into like another Thanksgiving. Like an excuse to eat. Yeah, like way too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of people do. Yeah. All right, um, Reed could not get his shit to work, so he guessed Green Book, Slaters, and all double down. He's yeah. just going backwards, people. Yeah. Yeah. It's the last one, but right? So he's got to he try. He did have an accent; it was a digital accent. <laughs> so I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a point for the accent. Okay. So he's only gonna lose two points of his fourteen <laughs> points. So that's going to bring him down to 12. Oh, shit. Damn. Mm-hmm. He's going to have less than half of Art's points. He's <laughs> <laughs> so generous. So we're dead. And I, so the total, uh, do we have three calls you said only, Tony? Yeah, three calls and then read. Okay. There you go. All right. I thought you were going to... You did the count already, right? I did the what? The count? Yeah, for all three. Yeah, 31, 21, 22, and 12. Damn. There you go. Just a little bit ahead. (laughs) MCP. Yeah. All right. So... What a world. Uh, Laney. My homework. Never seen him before. Yeah, that was homework for you. That's right. Um, really? Yeah. You had never seen this movie before? I've seen the show more than I've seen the movie. Yeah, yep. Interesting. Were you aware at all of the the stories and shit behind this? I just knew that it, it, uh, it was the most expensive movie at the time and it flopped. Yeah. What I was aware of, yeah. Okay. And I saw a two-hour and 57-minute cut. I don't know what you guys watched. Holy oh. crap. Yeah, yeah, you saw the big extended cut. Okay. I ended up watching the theatrical cut. There's, there, This is another one of those movies that has like... I, I, I thought there was never end. <laughs> I thought there's like three cuts to this movie. Yeah. Holy and, shit. And uh, I saw the short. It's like 210 or something like that. Okay. That's not short, but still. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> How many hours you got in... Uh, Game of Thrones. How many how many hours of Game of Thrones have you watched? Not enough. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> They're a good Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this was um, same mo- motivation. Uh, Laney had seen the show and was curious to see what the movie, you know, where it came from, the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and she pretty much saw one scene and was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Pour it out of my mind for the rest of it. Uh, so that was her, that was her, her review. It was a waste of time. That was this. She saw one scene and she's like, okay, that's yeah, like got she, it. She, she said, yeah, she was doing some like laundry and then like she saw the one scene with at the atoll when they were, the smokers were coming to invade it. Uh, it's towards the beginning. Um, and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of looked like the show. 
but fuck the rest. <laughs> like the storyline and constantly right. you know, out on the water and it was just too 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 much water, I guess, for her. Um Yeah, this thing takes takes place. It's it's uh she she mentioned I was like, Yeah, it, this is perfect. It's the uh, Mad Max on the water. Pretty much, exactly. Like, like, it, it, oh, it's yeah, without without a doubt, yeah, yeah. it's paint by numbers of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has the same thing. We're like, where the fuck is all this gas coming from? Got all these vehicles that require shit, but you no, know, right? Not explain, and look, because it looks awesome. So fuck it. It does. I mean, they kind of explain it with you know the 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 four eyes, frog eyes, or whatever. From he's like living down there in the fumes, uh, you know. So they have a big store of it. Um, but where do they get it? Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a movie takes place in the future. Ice caps melted, um, which I, I, I thought it was cool, you know, with the, the universal globe ended up being, you know, the, a, a prop used, you know, as, as they're narrating into, into the story. Um, but all these people in the, in, in the story, like when we start watching it, they don't. They're, they don't know. They don't know. They thought the world was always just covered in water, like with no land. Mm-hmm. Um, and our main guy, Kevin Costner, he knows better. He he's seen the under the 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 world under the waters. Um, so he's the outsider that that has something that they want. I don't know. I'm trying to talk about it. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> I was bored. I was bored too. You saw the you saw the two hour and ten minute version. And yeah, I saw bored? the two hour and ten minute version, and still I was like, blah. Like, yeah, it was. Some things were cool, but I'm like, like I'm trying. I'm trying to get into the story, and I. I Where did it lose you? At? Do you remember? Um, it pretty much lost me. after they escaped the the atoll. Like when when the the lady and the kid joined them, um, and I just started losing it there. It's just it's just it, it, it wasn't engaging enough for me. I guess I didn't I care about him. His his character's so blah. He's a fucking dick. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's, yeah, <laughs> it's he's hard to you know to root for the guy. Yeah, right. his character is is there's like one scene where, and your scene, your movie is going to be a totally different event than ours because we saw the theatrical cut. Um, do, uh, I'm, but I'm sure you saw it. The scene where he's teaching the the boy or the girl how to play how to swim. That's like oh, right. the one redeemable scene. Yeah, and it looks cool too. Lloyd shot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's that we've seen it before. Um, but it's like finally, fucking yeah, no, he's a dude. Well, water. like why are you man, so well, look at the trivia on IMDb. I don't think Kevin Costner's a good guy in real life. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, he sounds like a real douche, mm. which is tough because I mean he directed one of my favorite movies. Mm. Uh, I consider him an out an amazing actor, but. If you just read some of the shit about him, I, I he sounds like a real lunatic. Fun. I thought it was fun to hear. Because <laughs> I was thinking too, at one scene when I'm watching, like all the the film crew, everybody, they're all on water. They have to be on a big ass boat, you know. And uh, if you want to get closer shots, you know, uh, there was no drones back then, so you had to get you know nitty gritty. So that, there might have been a smaller boat or just an average type where they can be next to them and film. You know what I mean? Because they're all in the water. 
There's no way you can, unless you're on a ship and you can zoom in, but that would, you know, look so fake, so. Um, but yeah, I can't believe it got a release. So like I said, seen the show many times, so I figure I'm going to see stuff like that in the movie. And, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's like I said, Mad Max on the water. And Dennis Hopper, I love him. He's a great bad guy. Kind of, kind of weak in this one. He's a cliche of a, he's like a bad Bond villain in this Yeah, his, his delivery is just off or something. I don't know. Like, and the fact that they're smoking, it keeps bugging me. I'm watching this as an adult, you know, and it bugs me. It's like, why do they have cigarettes? Like, what the fuck are they getting cigarettes from? And they say, I only got one left. It's like, where are they getting them from? You know, like, you're always wet. Like, wouldn't they be fucking soaking wet? They wouldn't be working. Um, uh, what else? I'm trying to think. Um, you can tell where there's like some shots where like, um, we'll, we'll film in, we'll film in a set. So. Um, cause like the the water would change. It kind of reminds me of Baywatch when sometimes there'd be scenes where like they're underwater. You could tell like they're just in a big tank in the actual ocean. Um, the everything was done in the ocean except for that one underwater filming stuff. Yeah, you can tell that's filmed in it in the thing. Uh, everything was a giant set off the coast of Hawaii. Wow. The the catamaran that he that his uh that he has, they actually built two for the making of the film. Um, they were fully functioning sailboats. Um, the movie is like a Titanic in the sense of this is before visual effects. Mm-hmm. So they just built everything. Right. Which is impressive. It is I mean, fucking they, 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 absolutely insane. Universal was signing them checks, man. Like, oh, we need this. We're going to need this. You're going to build this. And then you're watching that scene with the, at the end with the, with the, um, the shipping container, the yes, crude oil you. tanker, the yes. tanker. And we're like, when three jet skis run into each other, they make a big ass explosion, like uh, that make make Michael Bay happy. Yeah, dude. But I mean, not even for me. That opening action scene, right on the uh, come in, dude. Dude, all the fucking set yes. action. That's fun. That's like swashbuckling, like having a rope, cutting it, swinging it's this way. Insane. All these gadgets turning. That's cool. That's unfortunate. So it's not like that throughout the movie. No, the movie is a mess. It's a huge fucking mess. Um, this reminds me of of uh, like how we just watched um, uh, the Spider Superman and Batman the the Justice League. Like it, you can't fucking. I can't tell who's directing this movie. Like it is a huge fucking mess from like the source material like you said is interesting um it's 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 mad max on water but it creates this well what is what would be the currency fresh water right you got to drink water so where's it fucking coming from does it rain ever well in the movie it never references that does it reference rain in the in the director's cut uh, negative. <laughs> negative. I didn't think so because I'm pretty sure I've seen the director's cut before, and um, because I remember watching it this time, thinking, "Wow, that was kind of short, and it was still super messy, but it felt very kind of like paint by numbers Hollywood kind of thing." And I remember seeing like a big long version of this movie that was a big, like trying to be a masterpiece kind of thing, and it still being a fucking mess, you know, um. This is one of those movies for me. It's like a huge guilty pleasure because I acknowledge that it is a fucking mess, but I love it nonetheless. Um, 
I I love this movie. I have so much fun with this movie. Um, I would watch a documentary on the making of this because of the the making of these. This movie, the Titanic's. Um, I another big one that comes to my mind is the Abyss. These, you know, that one too. Obviously, is filmed underwater. The amount of time and energy that went into making these sets and the and there's no their entire they have to create an entire world but there's no cg you know now we just fucking you want to build uh, uh planet zamunda in black panther there you got your black panther reference you want to fucking build a planet an alternative universe we just fucking do it digitally we just blue screen it Right, exactly. Yeah. You want it? You want to fucking? But there's some charm about it, though. They're actually, they're on set, though, man. Like oh, around, charm you know? for me, it's magic. Mm-hmm. It's Hollywood heyday. It is. If we can't find it, if we can't, you know, and uh, think of the um, the Indiana Jones movies, right? The fucking crazy places they would go to film these movies in the fucking deserts of Africa and shit. We just blue screen that now. Right, this movie can't go to the Africa desert. It can't go to a boat. It has to build everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like you said, it looks like a Hollywood set because it is. Every yeah. single thing you see had to have been built from metal. There's a trivia in here that it said, the 1,000-ton floating set used up all the available steel on the Hawaiian islands. When more was required, it had to be flown in from California. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, listen to some of this trivia. So so another big thing that, um, Fonzo, you might not be familiar with, Tony, you might not be familiar with either, is uh, Kevin Reynolds is the director that's credited with it. And he directed Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with okay. Kevin Reynolds um, uh, the year, a couple years before this. Um, he also directed one of our favorites, 187 with Samuel oh, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So um, he worked, uh, he ended up working, well, he never really worked, worked with Kevin Costner. So what happened was, this was um, 1995. This was five years after Kevin Costner directed and starred in Dances with Wolves. So it's five years after he is a hugely celebrated actor and director. And he backseat directed the entire movie. So the story goes, um, uh, I'll just read the trivia. It's rumored that director Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner had a huge squabble over the film, resulting in Reynolds walking off the project and left Costner to finish it. Reynolds was quoted as saying that, quote, Kevin should only star in movies he directs. That way he can work with his favorite actor and favorite director. <laughs> I mean, he's basically yeah. saying Kevin Costner is a fucking narcissist. Um, <laughs> the The Wikipedia says... Uh, the film marked the fourth collaboration between Costner and Reynolds, who had previously worked together on Fandango in 1985. Uh, blah, blah, blah. 
during the production of the film was plagued by a series of cost overruns and production setbacks. Universal initially authorized a budget of $100 million, but production costs eventually ran to an estimated 175 a record sum for a film production at the time. Filming took place in a large artificial seawater enclosure similar to that used in the film Titanic two years later. It was located in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Hawaii. The final scene was filmed in Waipo Valley on the Big Island, also referred to as the Valley of the Kings. The production was hampered by the collapse of the multi-million dollar set during a hurricane. Additional, additional filming took place in Los Angeles, Huntington Beach, Santa Clarita Islands, and the Channel Islands of California. Um, Kevin Reynolds received full credit as director, but he did leave the project as star Kevin Costner was constantly plaguing him with unwanted quote, backseat driver director mentality in nearly every single scene to the point Reynolds left the project and Costner himself continued it. And I think that's why the film doesn't hold up in the sense of it's a mess. You know, it doesn't know if it wants to be this really heavy, like, you know, I feel like Road Warrior got it right. You know, this has the action. This has the spectacle that road warrior is famous for, but that movie is also a very heavy, somber and sad, depressing movie. This movie tries to be a relatively Hollywood box office sort of tent pole for all to, to see, <laughs> you know, well, PG-13. They, they said it did well at, in, on, in, in theater or um, it was on home video. Well, years, years later, it finally ended up making money. Um, but yeah, due to the runaway cost of the production and its expensive price tag, some critics dubbed it Fishtar and Kevin's Gate, alluding to the flops Ishtar and Heaven's Gate. Although the film debuted at the box office at number one with a budget of $170 million and a total outlay of $235 million once marketing and distribution costs are factored in. The film grossed $88 million at the North American box office. The film did better overseas with $176 million at the foreign box office for a worldwide total of two sixty four. However, even though this figure surpasses the total cost spent by the studio, it does not take into account the percentage of box office gross that theaters retain, which is generally up to half. But after factoring in home video sales and TV broadcast rights, among other revenue streams, Waterworld eventually did become profitable. So um, it was famous for being a financial mess. Um, and now I think it's just famous for being kind of a, kind of a crazy messy film with a cult <laughs> following, you know, it's like, and you're one of Scott. Yes, I absolutely. I love the fuck out of this film. <laughs> uh, I, you know, um, yeah. Um, my dad was a huge, huge Dennis Hopper fan. And um, he is playing himself in this movie. And he is over the top. The eyeball scene. <laughs> like, I mean, the movie's not a comedy, right? But how many times did you laugh during the movie? <laughs> Drew, I did laugh at the eyeball scene. Right? And you're not supposed to. <laughs> the Kevins did not want you to laugh when they were watching this movie, but we're laughing out loud when he's like, how's my eye look? And everybody's like, looks fucking great boss. 
And then the one guy's like, it looks like shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it, I mean, it's at the time, it, I mean, it, it's a spectacle, man. I don't think any, what was the closest movie t- to its like budget at that time? Was there anything of that? Uh, well, up until that point, nothing. Right. Right. I mean, right. Titanic was after this. Um, you know, again, I would say the abyss is one of those, you know, at the time, the abyss 1989 was the most expensive movie of all time. And it was this spectacle of making of because it was filmed in underwater. Um, they had to create the underwater masks and shit like that. So for water sense, um, I think the abyss, um, was at that point kind of the biggest spectacle of water. Um, you know, um, you know, what are some of the greatest sort of nineties biggest sets and stuff? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could like Google it. Um, biggest sets in movie history. So you weren't having MCP, huh? You were just like, (laughs) no, I think it it, it was like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but your guys are revealing right here that it's, it, that it was a mess. And, yeah, it was that that it couldn't figure out where what it wanted to be. You know, like the 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 main story was let's find dry land. We're in the middle of all this whole water planet, <laughs> and everyone wa- believes there's this mystical dry land somewhere, um, and it happens to be you know tattooed on the back of a on a kid's back. And I was like, mm. okay, all right, that's weird, um, but let's 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 see where this goes. Um, and then there was a bunch of weird shit happening in in, in the middle, <laughs> you know, in the middle of it, trying to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't, yeah, it just didn't get my attention. You know, it's, it, yeah, the, the dry land is a very compelling, interesting storyline that the movie, it's the one sort of keep driving force of the movie, but there's just not enough there's not what's the word i'm looking for there's not enough sort of development of the idea right um you know and so spoiler alert and then ironically um spoiler alert at the end when they do find it kevin costner is like i can't stay that was so (laughs) stupid (laughs) and me and chris were like what what do you mean like you get to hang out, try to what? repopulate no. humans. What? No. And they were like, he just says you're land sick. First of all, none of the motherfuckers would know what land sick is. It, right. it wouldn't exist. I mean, I guess it's possible that you could get land sick if you were constantly at, at sea. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but it's like unlimited fresh water, which is like the one thing the mariner needs. He yeah. still needs fresh water, right? They're 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 recycling piss. So, spoiler alert. Um, you can only carry so much fresh water on your fucking boat, right? Um, uh, you know, he can do the whole underwater thing, get the dirt and sell it to, you know, the various people. But, you know, again, you don't, you don't really get the feeling that there's a lot of people left. Um, we don't really know, but, you know, whatever. Um, He's just looking for his You know, go to the store, try to try to buy some, pro- you know, some inventory. You know, wants to stock up his inventory, 
And then uh, they, they start some shit with him. It's like, fuck, man, he was trying to be cordial. He was trying to, you know, wanted his stuff and get the hell out of there. But no, they, uh, you know, one pushes buttons and see. But, well, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing was uh, that I couldn't remember from the, the earlier version that I saw was the uh, the goop that they were going to drown him in, the waste. Yeah. yeah. I thought that shit was acid. I thought so, too. If I yeah. felt like they were kind of playing it up to be acid. Then he's like, I think it was just, you know manure basically yeah it's their own it's their own shit it's their yeah yeah exactly which i feel like why wouldn't you just shit out in the water because <laughs> you have to swim in it <laughs> yeah so um, yeah, yeah i like some parts i enjoyed it but like i said my cut was way longer i felt like i was watching this for like the whole day yeah poor you i was dude. like god damn man this is taking forever when i at the end when i looked at it i'm like two hours and 57 minutes i'm like Good grief. Like I said, in the very beginning, our protagonist, he's just a fucking dick. I can't, I can't back him up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell is your problem? So, man, okay, you want to do your own thing and whatever, yada, yada. But now you got them on there. Now at least, you know, shape the fuck up and help him out, you know? He's such a dick. Um, and like I said, Dennis Hopper comes in with his fucking goonies. And it's just, yeah, it just reminds me of a Mad Max movie. Um, but just not as good. Um, I see the charm and I can see why they decided to go with the whole, um, um, water park theme, you know, cause it's, it's perfect. It's set up perfectly for that. Um, and I think they're, I can't, I can't remember how long they've been doing that, but, um, yeah. So I, like I said, there are some parts that I enjoyed and some parts I didn't, um, I ran a little long. Like I said, I, my cut was way longer. Um, did you guys give your review already? No, I haven't given my rating. Okay. Right. Um, once you go first, Harley. I give it a Slater. After all said and done, you're giving it a Slater. Yeah, absolutely. I love this he, film. He said I guilty can, pleasures. Though. That was I a movie. I, I, I'm not gonna. I would. I, I'm not gonna be upset that somebody gives this movie a waste of time. Uh, but for me, it is sort of the epiphany of '90s Hollywood. Just fucking build it. the the 90s hollywood the epitome yeah yeah um so for me it's about what the movie for me the movie is like a low dollar what the movie stands for is a slater the insanity of that this movie got made kind of thing mm. is, is fascinating to me. So the Westworld as a cultural event is a Slater. The movie's a low dollar. But <laughs> I mean, did he say Westworld in the movie though? No, uh, but I have to experience. review I have to review Waterworld as a full every film, every person that fancies himself a movie fan, they have to see Waterworld. And they should go back and see it every couple of years as an example of what real filmmaking was about. It was a gamble and it didn't pay off because it's a mess. And I think Kevin Costner is a fucking lunatic, right? He couldn't just let Kevin Reynolds direct it. You know, there was so much money at stake. He just couldn't help but back. It's like my wife when I drive a car. She just can't help herself but backseat drive. She has to tell me to slow down or speed up or stay in the lane or fucking pass this guy or don't pass this guy. Like, it's just as <laughs> compelling. 
He's a control freak. And he, five years ago, he just directed this gigantic, epic, you know, sort of critically acclaimed, perfect film. And, and so when this movie is sort of, you know, having problems and money overruns, Kevin Costner's like, fucking let me direct it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, and, and the, obviously the, uh, the, the, you know, the finished product is a mess because of that. Um, so, but yeah, no, I give it to later. Lock it down. <laughs> that was a fucking movie. No thanks. That would be a waste of time. Mm. Let's see. I like what they did, like I said, for the theme park, but this ain't the theme park. This is the movie. <laughs> and in the very beginning, I got, I got a, you know, I enjoyed Deb from Napoleon Dynamite. I don't know if you noticed that, Tony. Uh-huh. That's, that's the little girl. The little girl is Deb. Oh, oh the glamour crazy. shots <laughs> and Napoleon Dynamite. Right. Um, might even scary German guy from Monster Squad was enough to help this movie. Uh, who played Elder? He's one of the older people. I saw him, so I'm like, that scary German guy. Um, not even that. Not even that was enough. Like I said I, I said I admire the concept. I admire them like going out there, but getting a bunch of film crews and hanging out in the fucking water all this time to film this fucking crazy thing. They, the, uh, the people got together and go, this will be an epic thing. Dystopian future. Um, and, and they spend money and they're blowing up shit. I'm like, that's, this is fucking nuts. You know, oh, we'll make our money back in the, you know, first week or so. No. So it's kind of interesting in that aspect. And I get it, Harley, where you're coming from. But as far as the movie, to me, yeah, I don't think I'll need to watch it again. So to me, it's going to be a waste of time. That would be a waste of time. I'm trying to pull it up. There was some, uh, insane amount of time Kevin Costner spent um, making the film like on set who was like fucking three months six days a week like just absolutely totally dedicated to to it I did pull up uh, some interesting uh, the 15 biggest sets in movie history um you know, a lot of these are older movies like Ben Hur, the entire, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, the chariot scene, that was all one gigantic set. Mm. Um, the Forum of Rome for Cleopatra, which is another classic movie I've never seen. Um, uh, ironically, the the boat in the Goonies. That's way up there in biggest sets of all time. Gotham City and Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, the downtown, I guess, was a giant set. There's a Bond movie here. The underwater with a bunch of uh, submarines and shit is a big one. Uh, Jabba's sail barge from Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi was one of the bigger sets. Um, the Atoll and Waterworld, so the like you're saying, the big ship at the end um, it was over a quarter mile long. Of course, the Titanic, mm-hmm. um, uh, Paradise Square from Gangs of New York. So that that uh, that that little downtown area yeah. that was all a giant set piece. 
that they built for the movie. Um, the freeway chase in Matrix Reloaded. That, they literally built that free that section of freeway for the filming of it. Um, but like this one says, the number one is Hobbiton in Lord of the Rings. Built across 14 acres of a working farm, the now permanent set holds 37 hobbit holes, a mill, and a double arch bridge across the lake. Damn. So that's where where Reed just went recently. So <laughs> now it's a fucking full on like set that you just go and hang out on. But speaking, of, let's see how they did. Yeah, yeah, curious. Here we go. On to the extra credit, which was Waterworld, picked by MCP, and I love the theme we got going. Fucking old rides from Universal Studios or shows, and Waterworld is one of those. Uh, this is when Kevin Costner's magic started to run out. I remember back in the day when I was young, this was like the most expensive movie ever made at the time, $100 million. was fucking nuts, and it flopped that Kevin Costner couldn't save. He saved the Indians, saved the Mexicans, but they could not save this fucking movie. I'm going to say... It's like Mad Max on water. I'm going to say MCP. I'm going to say get a fucking waste of time because it's a long fucking movie. I'm going to say Harley. He, that, Kevin Costner's his boy. I think Denzel's is number one and Kevin Costner's is number two. So I'm going to say he gave a dollar. I'm going to say my man Fonzo. He loves all this shit. He loves all this crazy shit going on here. So he gave it a dollar. And those are my picks. Hopefully Angelina doesn't leave forever. She stays around. I know she got mad because I was kicking everyone's ass, but that's just the way it is. Take care, guys. Later. <laughs> Thank you, Art. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thanks for not leaving us. Yeah, we kind of dressed the whole thing in, but yeah. Um, yeah, she said she'll back. She'll, she, she, she will be back and she'll randomly call here and there. Keep keep you guys on check. Yeah. On your toes. But, uh, yeah. Well, no, good, good, solid call right there from Art and uh, no accent needed, apparently. No, um, he's... Got a commanding lead. I mean, he didn't do so well on that one. I did get Tony's waste of time, but he didn't get Fonzo's waste of time or my Slater, which is a tough one, obviously. Nobody's going to know that I was going to give this fucking crazy-ass movie a Slater. So. Uh, but he still has, obviously, a commanding lead at 32. So um, I don't think, yeah, there's no way um, D could, could catch up at this point. So, But I'm still interested to hear what they got to say. That's the way the game works. For uh, What a World, I'm going to say that Holly's going to give it a waste of time, and uh, the other two are going to give it a dollar. Have a good week. Super Bowl was sucky. Hope you guys enjoy it, though. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Love you guys. Bye. Love you, too. We are, we are now the other guys. <laughs> right? Harley has a name. Oh, that's right, because I was... Harley has a name. <laughs> I have a name. <laughs> and we're the other guys. Yeah, no, she nice. leaves. She already forgot her name. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one who couldn't remember her name. Yeah. See, I think she's doing it on purpose. She wants to. She wants to know that uh, now that I'm leaving, I know your name, Harley, but you still don't know. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. All right. Next. Waterworld. Um. Hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but still a cool movie. I think all of you guys will give it a certified me. Yeah, all three of you guys will give it a dollar. So yeah, those are my picks, and uh, yeah, that's it, man. Bad boys for life. 
Bad Boys for Life. Do you go ahead and give him a negative point on that for saying certify me? <laughs> I don't work that way. I can't say that. He ain't the rock, right? He can't say it in the third person, right? <laughs> so we got a winner, right? Harley's doing his math. He's got his calculator out. Are we not? Did we not get anything from Reed? Yeah, uh, it was written. It was written. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he said, uh, "Waterworks equals certified Donaldo." What a world, not waterworks. Yeah, autocorrect. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, there's your new champion, Art, with 32 points. This was a blowout. Yeah. Um, D and Angie both had 22. So a 10 point lead. I mean, our Reed was obviously swinging for the fences there at the end. Right. Um, but, and that actually, I think Reed's going to get the, uh, the, uh, the award for the lowest points. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, listen, listen to these, listen to this week by week point total. First week, Reed was killing it with four points. Second week, Five points. I'll go by movies. Followed by another five points. And six. Had a big week with McFarlane. Got 11 points. Bounced up from six to 11. Then he went to 13. Then he stayed at 13. Then he went to 14. Then he went down to 12. And then he stayed at 12. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I think Art just was consistent, you know, Four points, yeah. 10 points, 12 points, 15, 20, 23, 25, 27, 31, 32. I mean, every movie he just scored. Right. Two he or knew, three points. Yeah. He had the, the accents. He had the accents, and yeah, he just came to play. You know, he wanted that title back. He said, fuck this. So, um, well, he gets to choose the homework. Yeah. So, Art. What is the homework? Yeah, we can get on the cast, man. Please do. And uh, what do we do about Angie and D? Because they're tied for second place with 22. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Angie. Try to keep her around. Oh, good call. There you go. <laughs> and she... Uh, well, give it, uh, to, give it to whoever has the most accents throughout the season. <laughs> There you go. Done and done. Oh, Angie, you got extra credit. Right, cool. That was easy. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Well, cool, man. So there you go. So now, yeah, we're back to the three contestants again. Like we first started. Uh, sucks that Angie's got to leave, but um, we totally understand. But but we're excited to have Art on the show. That's right. There you go, MCP. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see it when I believe it. Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get Philippe Petit. Mm. Or Chris Rock. Right? You never know. He's bringing his entourage. Yeah, exactly. He brings everybody. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. He's everyone to the studio. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, there you go, Art. So, we'll expect... Uh, an answer for you, an answer from uh, you from for the homework for next week. Hopefully, you can join us to help review it. Congratulations, um, and uh, and thanks everybody else for playing as well. After that, you know, fresh new start. Everybody's 
zero zero zero. So um, that's a good that's a good that's a good spot a good start at F zero zero to start working on some accents, you know, or start just just getting ready and firing off at all cylinders the first week. I think that sets the tone how the rest of your um, uh, season, I guess I could say, it's gonna is gonna turn out. So um, that saying that, let's see. I think we we'll have a, left is our weekends, right? Yeah, that's yeah. all we have. So, yeah, um, I'll go first real quick. I um, let's see. On Saturday, me and my buddy Scott, we decided to go down to LA. They have the Hollywood show, and uh, never been before. So, it's just a uh, uh, the convention of this hotel, uh, the Westin in LA. Um, they they hold Hollywood show. They got a bunch of celebrities and they do sing- signings and. That's pretty much it. So they got some couple of vendors. They say vendors, but it's like four people. We'll say that many. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wanted to meet Carrie Hiyuki, Hiyuki Tagawa, who played Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat. That was like my number one. And uh, he's also in Showdown Little Tokyo with um, Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. So uh, he's just plays, you know, he's just, he's just a great villain. He's got that look and he's, he was super cool. And if you, you know, heard in the very beginning of the podcast, I got him to do a little sounder. So that was cool. Um, and, uh, who else would I want to meet? I wanted to meet, since I already have that Friday the 13th, the final chapter signed from Ted White and Corey Feldman, another guy that was in the movie, um, Lawrence, he played Teddy. He was going to be there too. So I'm like, well, you know what? Let me just add another, uh, signature to that poster. So, um, so that was cool. Got him. They also had a Warriors reunion with Michael Beck, James Remar and Deborah Vackenberg. So like three main people. Um, so that was kind of neat. Um, uh, who else did they have? They had, uh, then they have some old school characters, like actors from like the Star Trek TV series. And, um, and who else was there? Uh, like I said, William Shatner was there. Um, uh, who else did they have? Oh, uh, Barbara Eden, who played I Dream of Genie. She played the Genie. She was there. She had a really long line. I guess she sells kind of like these Genie bottles. Huh. And uh, and also um, the three main guys from Chips, Eric Estrada, Larry Wilcox, and their boss. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, he still looks like he still looks like you know himself, like but he's just got gray hairs now. You know, uh, yeah, this should come out 1977. What's his name? The boss, Robert Pine. That's it. Plays Sergeant Joseph Gatriar. Yeah, Officer Frank Poncherello and Tom Baker. So they were there. So funny story. Um, Amy had Amy at a uh, year at uh, I would say five years old. She's uh, she said five, maybe she's old. I'm not sure, but she's a love, love watching the show and love punch, just like all, all the females love punch, right? He had like a resurgence too later on where he did like a Spanish soap opera, Dos Mujeres Un Camino. People like that show blew up, he was doing that. But back in the day, uh, Chips with the badass theme song at the very beginning, he he was the hunk man, he was the man. And uh, he told me, she was like, yeah, she, oh, yeah, I thought he was, he was so hot, yada, yada. I'm like, all right. And then, um, so I'm like, she tells me this funny line. goes, yeah, you know, she, you're, uh, he's the reason I married a tall, dark, handsome man like yourself. I'm like, oh, is that right? Okay. <laughs> so on the way there, me and Scott are thinking, uh, and it's pouring rain, too. By the time we get to, like, LA, it's fucking just drowning. And just getting there, there was no parking. Right when we got there, we tried to park underneath uh, the hotel. It was packed. It was full. They said no. We're like, Fuck. It took us like 20 minutes just to go around found somewhere. We felt like it was like a couple feet away. There was like a shady ass like 
parking structure where you you go in, you're supposed to you know uh, get a ticket, and the little arm lifts up. I kept pushing the button, no ticket would come out. Nobody's working that shit. The arm was already up, and so Scott's like, "Just go." I'm like, "Fuck it, we go in." <laughs> but on the way there, we're thinking of a way to, to um, how can we get uh, um, Eric is trying to say hello to Amy or something, right? So I wanted to get her something for Valentine's Day. So, so I was gonna get a signed picture, and uh, of course. Scott and Christian make me get the the shirtless Eric Estrada one because you know for Valentine's Day and it just makes sense you know he's got the California Highway Patrol shirt over his shoulder and he's just he's just uh, shirtless and it's just got like a pink background it's perfect it's just super cheese and it's just great so um, I go up to him I say hello meet him it's a pleasure to meet you sir yada yada um, you know my wife I I tell him that line and he just it just he, he eats it up he's just cracking up and I'm like oh that's great. That broke the ice. This is perfect. So then, um, I go, I go, sir, do you mind? Uh, my wife couldn't make it here. Um, but is there any way maybe you can, if I call her, can you talk to her? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's on. So before I'd call, before I told him that, I told Amy, hey, get on the, you know, make sure you're by your phone. She goes, okay, sure. So then I put it on speaker. He grabs the phone from me. He's like, hey, Amy. He's like, yes. Hey, uh, you know, we're, we missed you here. We, you know, we got a bottle of Cristal, some vodka. We're just hanging out. Wish you could be here. <laughs> it's kind of hard to pick up, but like I could hear him saying, you know, I, I hear him saying it. I could hear her a little bit talking and I could hear her saying like, who is this? You know, and he's like, this is Tony Orlando, some big shot singer from back in the day. My buddy Scott obviously knew he was cracking up. And then she says something else. I figured she was like, what, who? And he goes, this is the guy from Starsky and Hutch and just starts cracking up. And she, and then they start talking, going back and forth. And I'm thinking like, oh man, I'm in. Like I got, you know, best Valentine's gift ever, you know, <laughs> I got her to talk to him. And then, uh, uh, they said a couple more things. He's like, yeah, you know, wish we were here, yada, yada, this and that. And, uh, and so, you know, maybe next time, you know, and thanks, you know, wow. and he was like, oh, this is so cool. And so they hung up. He's like, oh my gosh, that was so awesome. Thank you, sir. That was great. And he goes, yeah, you know, he goes, she sounded really sexy. She has a really sexy voice, you know, she should do voice work and this and that. And I was like, "Oh shit, you you, you say it's her because because my buddy Scott got it all on video." Uh, I'm like, "Oh man, you're gonna make her day, no way!" So, so when I get the signed uh, picture that I got, he goes, "You know, hold on one second. He grabs another one and gives me another one for free and writes, "Amy, you sound so sexy. I love Eric Estrada." <laughs> wow. And I'm thinking, "Oh, these are gonna. This is gonna be. This is gonna be framed up on in her office. So whenever anyone walks by, goes to the office, just have these." shirtless one shirtless picture of eric and another one in his uniform like in her <laughs> wall behind her next to like our kids drawings i just uh, i just love that the, that image of her in her office with a shirtless yes. eric is drawn in the background i just think it's amazing um and he was super cool was so nice about it it was great i said mr tagawa too for doing that little sounder was great um uh, who else like um scott met a couple of other people that were there um, um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that we saw. They had a Revenge of the Nerds uh, reunion. They had Booger. They had Robert Carradine. They had Julie Montgomery, the girl. And they had the ogre from fucking uh, Bloodsport and the guy that hates the nerds. He was there. Kind of, I wanted to meet him too, but I was kind of like in a crunch. So I was like, ah, I really wanted to get that one framed. I figured if I did that, some was major brownie points. But it would have been cool just to meet him. But he was there. And it's just so random, you know, spectrum. We have, like, people from the Warriors, Nerds, Star Trek, just some from horror. So it's just a really cool, eclectic, you know, mix. Um, um, so that was fun. And then after that, 
um, our favorite store in Burbank, Dark Delicacies, was doing a fundraiser. And they had recently started a GoFundMe page. I'm not sure if I talked about it in the podcast, but they were um, threatening to lose their store because uh, the rent got um, Ooh, jacked up by, by uh, like the triple the rent. Guy was charging them, their landlord. Dang. So, yeah, right before they were about to hit their anniversary, like, I think it's their 25th or 30th anniversary, they were about to like lose their store. So everyone's like saying, oh, man, you should really start to go fund me page. And he's like, I don't know, man. It feels like a handout. I don't know. And he's like, you should totally do it. And then uh, so he's like, all right, let's friend up and put it up. And the horror community, man, the, the, the fucking fantastic freaks that we are, man, they help. They help, man. They were they were coming in droves and helping donate. And Guillermo del Toro even tweeted out about it. He's like, hey, the store's great. You know, you guys should really help out. And uh, James Wan donated 5000 the director of Aquaman. You know, Whoa. came out and dropped some cash. So their goal was 20000 They hit it. Um, so I think they 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 hit it. They made a goal of thirty thousand. They made that. So it was fantastic news. They found a location around the block on Hollywood Way. It was super close. The rent's a lot cheaper, but it just needs a lot of work. So a lot, you know, moving and doing all this stuff. So it, it was just amazing to see like the horror community because they've done so much for everybody. So it was cool for everyone to return the favor. So when we were there, they were selling like a lot of autograph items that they had, and. um uh, there was this group of uh, um, I was say, I don't want to say cosplayers, but it was like Michael Myers, Freddy, Chase, and Leatherface, and uh, Pinhead. Right, they would greet you right when you walk in. Um, you take a picture with them for a dollar, or the whole group for five, and um, and all the money they they got they donated to Dell and Sue, which was great, man. It was just so cool to see everybody there. Fucking um, Eileen Dietz, who played Captain Howdy, she walked in, you know, tried to show her support. She was signing these pins. With uh, you know, you know that scene in Exorcist, that Captain Howdy, that weird like demon face, that's her. Um, mm. If you guys just look up Captain Howdy on Google, you'll see. Um, she she walked in. Bill Mosley walked in from fucking Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. He walked right in front of me when I was talking. I'm like, oh shit, it's Bill Mosley, and he's like, yeah. And then uh, Chris Nelson, who did the the mic, the work on the new Michael Myers mask, I had a picture with him. He was donated. He donated like, a unique mask that he had painted and. Was, and they went up to like 3,000, I think, by the end of it. So they were doing really well. Um, so it was just really cool to see everybody come in and show up and, and help out. Uh, so that was a lot of fun doing that after the um, Hollywood show. And uh, I got parking right in front of the store, which was amazing. So it's like it was almost like the, the all the trouble you got for not getting parking at the Hollywood show, we're going to award you with them. Right when we're like, we always like drive up to the shop just to see if maybe we can get lucky to park in front. Sure, uh, sure enough, and there was one right in front of the door. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was meant to be. It was awesome, and um, and uh, so yeah, we got to do that. And then uh, today was the Super Bowl. Went over to my buddy Jeff's house, watched it. The best part was of the Super Bowl was uh, watching the halftime heat. WWE wanted to get into the halftime show gig, and they put they put on a th- um, six man match uh, with a couple of NXT wrestlers. It was and it was a real fun match. We were going back and forth. People that wouldn't watch wrestling, some of the uh, people that they had over, they came over and started watching. Because Jeff's like, if anybody wants to not watch Maroon Five and want to watch a real halftime show, we're gonna be on the other TV watching it. And sure enough, like two of the guys that that were there, they, they came over and started watching it. <laughs> That's funny. It was so funny. All the adults were into it, and like the the one guy's kid that was watching, he goes, "Man, this is so fake." <laughs> Fucking little kid was saying that. You know, I would have thought that his dad would have said that. But he was kind of into. He's like, oh, it reminds me of my old school days. 
And he was just kind of like, he was more impressive. Like, um, he said, man, these guys are very athletic. You know, like when you think about the 80s guys, you know, they were just all steroid out and big and muscular, you know? Oh, they're the big moves. These motherfuckers. Level. Yeah, exactly. They're just doing hurricanranas, mm-hmm. jumping onto the top turnbuckle to do a backflip to the outside. I mean, these guys were fucking moving, you know? And this, it just goes. Like, one guy did a backflip and got super kicked on the way mid backflip. You know what I mean? Just shit like that. And they were just super impressive. And they did. And, and that, and, and they knew what they were doing. They they got some like the three of the top NXT wrestlers to put on that show, and it was fun, man. It was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, and ran into our good friend Brooke and Pale. They 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 just got a they're getting their keys uh, for their new home in Joshua Tree in two weeks. Cool. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I always call her up when I go down there, and she's always out somewhere. She's either Joshua Tree or somewhere else. So I hit her up again. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna call you. Because she'll always see my post on Instagram going, you were there and didn't call me? So I <laughs> always call and let her know. So sure enough, when I uh, when I got a text from her, um, from them, they were there. And I'm like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Um, and we just got this, you know, talking. And I was super stoked that they got a new place. Because it's, it's expensive to live in L.A. They got a nice house. And they got, they got it for like 150, five acres. You know? Wow. Yeah. So um, so it's cool to um, chit chat with them and talk. And then Harry Manfredini, the composer of all the Friday the 13th uh, movies, he was there. And, you know, Pale does music. He does, you know, he did that music. He does uh, the music I use a lot on my YouTube video. Um, he's still working on an intro for, like, years. He's like, yeah, I told him to work on it. He still says, oh, I'll get to you. I'm like, all right, you know, whenever you're ready, just, you know, just, just whenever you're ready, you know, no rush. So uh, he says he's still working on it. I'm like, okay, you know. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, he, I got told him he was, he has the composer, you know, my buddy Scott's with good friends with him and Scott was getting a bunch of stuff signed from him and I go, Hey, pay one. We wanted a picture with him and I, I get it. You know, you might, you write music. He's a composer. You wanted a picture with him. So he, uh, we, we made that happen for him and, and, uh, it was just cool to see him again. I haven't seen him in a really long time. So that was fun. And, um, what else? I think that was it yeah that was mine so but you guys uh, I didn't do anything Saturday was chill day at the house just kind of hung out um, and then today was a little Super Bowl thing which I already explained what we did so uh, yeah I mean uh, good good week um, good weekend um yeah. And you top it off talking to your two favorite assholes. Say what? And you top it off talking to your two favorite assholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had an interesting weekend. Um, little brother got married. Oh, congratulations, little brother. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. So Friday night was... On the rainiest was... day on earth. <laughs> What's that? On the rainiest day on earth. D- dude, it was... Like, if you look at the map of the Doppler radar... And like it has like you know the different colors, the heaviest color was on there. W- was right okay. over us at the time the wedding was happening. And did it did it look like did it feel was it like oh like, yeah, like, wow. oh yeah we were soaked to the bone like wow. It, yeah. it, now it's good look right if it's uh, rains on your wedding you've heard that right so I have no I have no it's not heard that good luck. you ever heard that Harley what's that I heard it's supposed to be good luck if it rains on your wedding. I've never day. heard that. Never heard that. I've never heard that. Didn't Alanis Morissette say that? <laughs> so, so one person in a song said it. 
No, no, it's I'm gonna look it up right now. Remember November Rain, Guns of Roses? <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're you know somebody somebody tried to you know make a something good. Yeah, like, out of I looked up bad. Rain Good Luck Wedding. This is the second thing on Google. Rain on a wedding day means good luck. You might have thought it was a sign of bad luck, but it's actually quite the opposite. In some cultures, rain on your wedding day is considered good luck, symbolizing fertility and cleansing. Cleansing. Uh huh. So, you, yeah. you didn't you didn't feel clean? Well, good so. for them. They're the luckiest <laughs> motherfuckers around. Because holy crap, I thought we were gonna get like flooded out. I think we we're all gonna be like you know floating down the mountain. Was but that uh, bad, huh? no, it was bad. It was it was really bad. Um. But they they pushed through it, you know, and yeah. they had an, uh, a very memorable and forgettable wedding. Um, Where was the location? So what was it like? It now? was up in the Temecula Hills um, between Temecula and Pala. Mm-hmm. Um, don't remember what the name of the place is called, but yeah, it's up. It was an outdoor wedding. Um, relatively small venue. If it were like normal fucking Southern California weather, right. no problem. Right. You know? Even if it was winter Southern California weather, it would have right. just been a little cold, a little overcast in the morning, but it yeah. would have been fine, you know? Because right. uh, it was a really nice view, like on the side of the mountain, you can see the, the valley in there and everything. Oh, it, nice. it, everything's green. Um, oh, was but, it a uh, golf course or like a... No, no, or? it was just a an area where they do weddings. That's like okay. what it's for. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Luckily, they got... Um, they paid for a tent for the reception, um, and it was nice and warm in there and dry. Uh, for the most part, we got our food in puddles. Like there was a puddle no. <laughs> right in front of where the food was, so we kind of had to splash around it. Um, yeah, it was nuts. But these are two young kids, and they were loving it. Like the the girl that I was walking uh, down the aisle with, the, like she was like, "Oh my god, I love this. This is amazing." Like these fucking kids, man. They're they're, yeah, they're, like, they're all into this. It was it was pretty funny. I mean, oh no umbrellas, no nothing. I'm oh no, no 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 no. There's okay. umbrellas everywhere. Okay. Um, if you it, once the pictures come out, you'll see everybody's got umbrellas. Oh man. Um, but they're loving it though, huh? They were. Yeah, they them. were. They they were just making the best of it. Um, right. but like the umbrellas, like they were. The anticipation was it was just going to be a little bit of drizzle. No, we got fucking like thunderstormed, man. Like it was, it was heavy, heavy rain. People's umbrellas were flipping inside out, you know, oh, with the wind. Because well, yeah, when we got to LA, man, it was pouring, and we we were at the stoplight. These two girls were walking, and sure enough, it did the umbrella did the up, the upside down flip where it's facing yep. the other way. Yeah, while well, she was standing outside, I'm like, oh shit, look at that shit, it's windy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine, yeah, if it, it was, was pretty was funny. funny. Like there was a one point. um like they, we had the kind of like the extra curved umbrellas, so that they're they're instead of like flat, straight up. Then instead of being like flat and wide, they were like narrow and tall, mm-hmm. so like you can like huddle into it. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Um. So that was that was kind of cool, but it also catches the wind a lot, and so the wind like picks it. You know, yeah. moves your umbrella. So if you're walking right. and the wind catches it. You know, then you'll get you'll get wet because it moves your umbrella for you. So you're like had a death grip on it. Um, when we started lining up um, for the for for the line, you know, to, to start walking, um, we walked Fawn down there, 
Um, and then that, that, that's at, the, at that moment is when it started the, it kicking in. And so we all formed like a mega bubble of our umbrellas around him to keep him dry. <laughs> and so now we formed were, ahead. yeah, exactly. It was, it was all Voltrons around him. Um, and we did a good job of keeping him dry. We were all wet. <laughs> all of us, of you know, all the groomsmen yeah, were getting say. wet, but, uh, but he was dry. So that was good. Uh, but at one point, um, like, cause we were trying to keep the umbrellas touching, right? So that there wouldn't be any gaps where the rain right. could get in. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, we're, I'm like, Oh, let me button our umbrellas together. That way we, you know, that way it forces them to stay together. So I reach up and I button one umbrella of the guy next to me and I couldn't get the other ones. And then someone behind me is like, there's a baby. And the guy next to me goes, protect the baby. And he runs and yanks me with them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Because he runs to protect the baby with an umbrella, but we're attached, so he yanks catch. my umbrella out, like out of my hand. <laughs> oh no! So, oh, that was pretty funny. Like, luckily, I didn't fall, um, yeah. and I was able to catch up to him and get the get the button off and everything. But I was like, all right, that was that was a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was it was fun. Um, like when the groomsmen were getting ready, we had our own little house there, and they had like three three or four switches playing. Um, uh, Smash Brothers. Hmm. Yeah, we just all got ready, and then they were just all playing games in there, playing Smash Brothers. Nice. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. But uh, that, that, the uh, it was it was chill. I mean, other other than that, uh, well, yeah, literally chill. Like I was. What about your parents? They get soaked. Yeah, my dad got soaked. He did a good job of protecting my mom. Um. Uh. So she stayed dry. Um. I got wet. I mean, I was the the wettest motherfucker there because I kept running around everywhere. Like anytime anybody needed something, I just I just ran. Um, so that and, picture Lainey posted was before you got all wet. Then no, the picture she posted was afterwards. That was uh, in the reception, um, sitting down. Once once I finally stopped running and sat down. Um, but the with the the craziest part is like. Well, for me, at least, is that, like, I sat down, and then, you know, we started um, speeches and all that, and I couldn't stop shivering. My, my, I was wet all the way through, like, yeah. my undershirt, my boxers, my socks, wet. Everything was wet. Like, my, my pants were all wet. My jet, my coat was wet. Everything was wet, so I couldn't, I couldn't stop shivering. I couldn't get, I couldn't get warm. So, uh, yeah, so, so as soon as all the, all the speeches were done, we're like, I need to go. Right. <laughs> you know, cause all I had was, was, I, all I had was a hoodie and like sweatpants. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't be at the wedding in sweatpants and a hoodie, you right. know? So that was the only clothes I had, you know, when I, when I showed up. So, but it was fun. I mean, it, it, the kids, the kids were all having a blast. Like, like the, the, all the groomsmen and the bridal party that, was Fawn's and Abby's age? They were they were loving it. They were dancing around and splashing around in the in the in the wet grass and mm-hmm. uh, enjoying everything. So I was like, "That's good for them." I'm too old for this shit. I'm heading yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the that's the highlight of my weekend. Today was chill, just chores and whatnot. So, Man. yep. But we're all all they're all uh the all the Vinuevas are married up. That's it, huh? The last yep. one. That was the last one. Yeah, two bros got married young. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all—well, all the boys got married young. I just yeah. happened to 
get my head on straight and cancel the first one and do it again. Yeah. Which in today's day and age, man, everybody's married two or three times. True. It sounds like you're the fucking minority. (laughs) No shit, huh? Right. Right. Well, I don't know, man. With the way the, the, the Eric was writing to your wife. That's what I'm saying, dude. I know. I'm motherfucker was making the move. Watch out. I'm serious. It's a little deep. Getting a little deep. Yeah, I was like, yo, man. I was like, I get. Yeah, I'll have to show you the picture, man. It's funny. It's, that it's is funny. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who would have thought, you know? <laughs> she was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, thank you, dude. That was so funny. Like, I, you know, who would have thought? I'm like, isn't that trippy? Like, yeah. You know, you, that's great. Here, um, you know, watching the show and, and you know, Liking him, and then next thing you know, here years later, you're here talking to him. You're talking so. to him, yeah, that's wild. Because this guy was like, You gotta do something funny, you gotta do something cool, you gotta do something on video, or you gotta say something. Like, he's like, You should call him, you should call her. Um, while he, I'm like, Dude, that's genius. I'm like, I don't know how it's gonna work, so but yeah. So, are I, you gonna I, save the poster for actual Valentine's? The the picture, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to her, yeah, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, I already showed it to her, but yeah, I mean, I might. It surely has because she already gave me my gift. Oh, uh, okay. Gave me That's an album, cool. so yeah. Cool. I just give it to her. I, I maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a frame, but while she's at work, maybe I'll get a frame tomorrow and frame it up. Right on. Um, and that way, she so can open something on Valentine's Day. But yeah, I'm like Valentine's Day, May, dude. I'm done. You know, I'm I'm just like good okay. luck trying to beat that next year. I gotta I gotta get Johnny Depp now. There's <laughs> <You know? laughs> something to, to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was too. It was really, he, he. He was so cool about. It. He was so happy. He was having a good old time. It was awesome. That yeah, was cool. Yeah. Oh man. So. Uh, yeah. So while they go on a date, will you guys be my Valentine's? Should we there do you go. Commentary <laughs> track for something. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. If you guys got anything else. Um. Nothing. Just waiting for. Uh, waiting for our peeps to to uh, give us their homework and extra credit yeah so congratulations art yeah absolutely yeah that makes it what the uh, third champion third, yeah second, least is, he, is he the most winningest oh is i don't know Tom Brady? I, I really should keep track, but i i don't i think he might he he probably remembers yeah he well yeah hardly just started taking student stats what this year like six months ago yeah <laughs> He has all written down in a, in a nice file spreadsheet. He's got it down. So yeah, that I certainly don't have. You don't want to do fantasy? We should do a fantasy about them. How many accents they do, the length of their calls, the consistency. Keeping track of the, the big oh, the overall. Yeah. The championship of the champions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So yeah, well that's if that's yeah that's it. So congratulations, Art. Um, Look forward to um, see what movie you're going to pick for us. Hopefully, you'll join us for that episode if you're not too busy. Episode four forty. What's that? Not pissing out kidney stones. Yeah, no kidding. Oh shit. Yeah, no, that's right. Fuck. So we just randomly rant on all things movies. Uh, I feel this is the part where Tony yells at me. Goes, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't talked about mine. So, but, but we got okay. you, Tony. I'm just glad you're not. I'm, I, I thought you'd be doing the podcast. Like, remember in cartoons, well, they have a blanket over their head, 
and they have that red that that red thing that keeps warm water on mm-hmm. and then you you got your feet in a bucket of warm water remember when they're sick the that's what i wanted they always, yeah. they always do that shit yep but the... <laughs> so, I, so i picture you doing the cartoon <laughs> how are you doing the podcast today <laughs> So seriously, man, that shit was cold. You guys, you know, I'm surprised mm. I'm to get sick. That's fun. But uh, yeah. yeah, we just ran, literally uh, ranted all things movies. We survived the storm. MCP made it. Harley made the. His internet sounded great today. I know. Well, I'm uh, this holds up. Yeah. Um, well, you did just break up right when you said that, though. <laughs> we reached our limit. Yeah, exactly. You better hurry. I put your boy Fonz. They ride together. We die together. MCP, bad boys for life.